0: I wanna say thank you to uh, the Micah leaders from this church, from this congregation, um, who have made my job not just easier, but delightful. Uh, So I wanna say thank you to Jamin, who actually I have a a live ask out for him that he'll have to answer soon, so y'all just pat him on the back and tell him it's gonna be okay. And Mariah and Javier, Um, Mariah is currently, yes. Uh, Javier is currently serving on our communications team, and Mariah is currently serving on our nominations team. Um, and really taking a lead role in making sure that the next uh, slate of MICA leaders is strong and has integrity and is powerful and are the right people for this season f- of this work. So, thank you um, to all of you for the ways in which you have poured into MICA and make it what it is today. And thank you in advance for the postcards you're gonna write today. I was so pleased to see that on the agenda. Um, So that's exciting, and we're so excited to be getting out in this voting season and reminding people how important it is to go to the ballot and make their voices count. Because liberation ain't free, right? It's going to cost somebody something. I am struck by this story because it's a healing story, it's an exorcism story, right? We got a man possessed by demons and Jesus comes and casts him out. But truly, the man getting the demons cast out from him is like the least interesting person in this story. He actually has almost no dialogue in the whole text. Jesus spends the entire time talking to the demons in the man who are speaking out of him. And then after he is healed... We hear from the townspeople and the community members, and we hear their response to Jesus's healing, but there's not a whole lot going on from the man himself. It reminds me that your healing, my healing, is not just about me or one person. When Jesus comes into your life, When you encounter the living God, the ripples of effect go out beyond you. They ripple within you, and they reach out to towns and cities beyond where you even live. I resist every chance I get an individualistic faith. You should probably know that about me by now. (laughs) That what happens with us, even what God is doing in us, is not just about us. So let's hear a little bit about what's going on with these other characters in the story. I find it interesting. Jesus steps off the boat. First thing he has to do is work. So he's encountered by a man who has been tormented by demons for a long, long time, and nothing can hold this man. In his torment, whatever his behavior was like, His community members found it less than acceptable. Can we agree on that reading of the text? Whatever it was, they were not feeling it. I don't know if the clothes came off first or the chains came off first, but let's pretend that the clothes came off first. I can imagine that that was unsettling to some folks, and they were like, I'm going to need this guy to stay right over here. I read a story recently about some church members who noticed a man sitting on a bench outside their church on a Sunday morning, totally naked. The bench was across the street at a park. And the guy said to the pastor, I mean, there's this naked guy sitting outside, what should we do? And the the pastor said, nothing, unless he tries to come over here. As long as the naked man can stay over here somewhere. We will go on having church and so this man in the in the text his community members put him out that's all we know and then we know they tried to bind him they put him in chains they set a guard over him somebody to watch him and make sure that he didn't get too close to them right but even those chains. Even that guard could not hold him. He broke through the chains. He escaped the guard and the demons drove him into the wilds or into the wilderness. This was a man who was deeply tormented, not just by the demons he did have, but the community he did not have. What is our freedom, costing someone else who just wants to be part of us. The community drove him away. They pushed him away. They just needed him far and far and far until finally he he got to the tombs. So far from community, he was not even among the living anymore, but had to make his home among the dead. And this is where the man finds Jesus. I want to talk a little bit about those demons. When Jesus says, what is your name? What did the demons say? Talk back to me a little bit. Legion. Legion. And legion, the text explains to us, who might not know, means many demons so many they were called by a structure in the army a legion at that time the readers of this text would have known a legion referred to a, to the roman army and a legion could be as many as 5 to 7000 soldiers can you imagine living with 5 to 7000 demons I believe we can. I think of the legion that took up arms and walked into an elementary school in Ubaldi and killed innocent children and two teachers. I think of the legion that caused a man to take up arms and walk into a grocery store in Buffalo and take away grandmothers, grandfathers, children, parents. Oh, we know Legion. And when we get done calling Buffalo and Uvalde, we can keep going down the list. And we must call Parkland, and we call El Paso. We call George Floyd, but then we go back and we call Breonna Taylor. And then we go back and we call Darius Stewart from right here in Memphis. We keep going, and we call Sandra Bland, we keep going, and we call Emmett Till, because this Legion has been at work for some time. So we know Legion, we know Legion. We don't have to imagine what the man was going through, we feel it when we click on the news and see our nation's Capitol building overrun by folks who want nothing more than to see people like me, hushed and silenced forever, jailed and put away in our place. We know Legion, we are familiar, and we are tormented. But I thank and praise God that this man did not even have to use his own voice that day. Jesus saw the evil at work within him, and Jesus dealt directly with the evil, spoke directly to the demons. I love that Luke found it so inconsequential that Jesus asked the unclean spirit to come out of this man that he, she put it like, I say she, because we think Luke might have been written by a woman. Y'all just file that away and take that home and study it in your free time. Found it so inconsequential that Jesus said, "Come out of him, unclean spirit." That she put it like in parentheses, like a side note, like Jesus had already asked the unclean spirit to come out of him because Jesus saw something wrong and began to speak directly to the demons. And so, the re- what we hear is the demon's response to Jesus. And do you recognize this demon is not talking back? <laughs> The demon is not saying, come at me. What you got, Jesus? You ain't no match for me. No, 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 no. The demon is clear. Please don't cast me out into the abyss. Please don't make me go back and stand in front of Satan and try and explain why I ain't got no job and no place to live. Please, Jesus, just give me somewhere else to go. Because I understand who you are and I recognize your power. One of the things that we are working to get church people and people of faith more comfortable with in Micah is our power. That divine power. That power that does not that does not hate the poor but hates poverty. That power that skips over the work of trying to develop personal responsibility, I'll put that in quotes, of those who are struggling and falling on hard economic times, struggling to get a decent education for themselves and their children, and talks right to the demons that don't put funding in our public schools, right to the demons that decide it's not important that we all have health care, right to the demons that say, I don't care if your child is 15, I'm sending him to court for adults. Our call as people of faith, yes, is to take care of all that are wounded, all that we see in front of us, and also to put on our big girl pants and our big boy pants and to speak to the demons directly And saying, you have got to go. And when we do that, we do find the power of God flowing through us. We do find change beginning to come. We do begin to see a change at work. Jesus spoke directly to those demons. The demons pressed back. They made negotiations. They put forth their cause. Jesus said, fine. I won't send you back to the devil unemployed. I'll send you over here, and I'll relocate you to this herd of swine. And what happens to the herd of swine? They run down a steep bank and drown themselves. They probably could have gotten to the devil even slower if Jesus had sent them directly. They just went straight back down into the abyss. But one of the things that this shows me is the strength of the demons inside that man. That the second they were cast out and spread among a herd of slime, they immediately plunged themselves to their death. We know Legion. We know how strong Legion is. But one of the things I came to remind us today is how strong we are. One human man was holding enough demons to drive a herd of swine off a cliff. One Mariah is holding back enough indifference to fight through folks' fear and hiding out to call and pull the leaders out front for Micah. One somebody as my mother-in-law would say. Can, if one somebody can hold, fight all those demons, I want you to know the strength you have inside of you. That buffalo happened and you're still sitting here. Some of you got up two days later and sent your children to school. Some of you got up a couple of days after, after Buffalo and went to the grocery store and went shopping. You have the strength of God inside of you to fight these demons. We are not powerless against Legion. And we know it because we've been fighting and surviving anyway, even when we can't see relief, even when we don't know when our salvation is coming. You just like that naked man outside the church, just kept fighting your way through. And when Jesus came, you were ready to be free. But somebody was not ready for that man to be free. When the community, the swine herders, the pig farmers saw what happened, they ran back to the town to tell about it, and then the people came out to see. To see a slideshow, I don't know. But I tell you this, when that man got free and began to see his liberation, those pig farmers saw their money run off a hill. Let me try that one more time. When that man who'd been tormented by thousands and thousands of demons saw his freedom, the pig farmers saw their money run off a hill. I don't want us to be confused that everybody will find our liberation, our freedom, our fullness of God living within us to be good news. When our schools work the way they're supposed to, when they are well-funded and our children come out well-educated, there's employers, there's people in the corporate world who see their money running off a hill. It's fewer workers willing to work for lower wages for them. Don't be confused. Everybody doesn't want good public transportation. Because that's more people getting on and off buses in front of their churches, their jobs, their nice stores, their nice homes. And maybe they don't want that in their backyard. Liberation ain't free When we get free it just might cost somebody something The question is are we willing to get free anyway? My child is five And she had a dance recital a couple weeks ago at collage and the dance recital was at the Cannon Center for the Performing Arts downtown Have you seen the place? It's huge Well, they had their rehearsals there, their last couple of dance, their dress rehearsals they had there. And I'm walking my tiny child up to this giant building, and I'm supposed to leave my child there for two hours with people I don't know. And then just expect that somehow I'm supposed to come back to this giant building and magically find my child. I walk in and my fears are confirmed. There are 150 other parents dropping off their children at the same time. And I think this is the last time I'll ever see my child. I do not want to let her hand go. Thankfully for all of us, my child was born free. And she just walked her little self on into practice. (laughs) Didn't look back, didn't say bye, mommy, didn't say see you later, nothing. But when I can be free enough myself to let my child go, when I can have the courage to say, I wish (laughs) that she could always just be contained quietly and softly in my lap like when she was four months old, but if I want her to grow, if I want her to bless this world like I know she can and like I know she will, then I got to let her hand go. Do you realize that God looks at us and says, I could keep them safe all their little lives? Never let anything happen to them. Never let them face a demon, much less a legion. But I want them to grow. I want them to become who I made them to be. I want them to know what they're made of. I want them to bless the world. And not just us, but we have to make sure we're not that community more worried about what we're going to lose by setting other people free than what we gain. You don't have time to write postcards today. Who has time? But every postcard you write will be one more nudge. And every nudge helps get one more person to the ballot. And 50,000 people more going to the ballot this year than went four years ago could change every single race in our ballot. Everyone. If we can be willing to pay the cost, to live with the cost of our liberation and the liberation of one another, wow. What can we be? I let my child go to three of those Cannon Center rehearsals. (laughs) But then I had the privilege of watching her dance on stage with probably, what, 25, 30 other children at the same time in front of 1,000 spectators. And I watched her shine. God desires our liberation and the liberation of our entire community. It is ours to get out of the way. And it is ours to help it go forward. Will we put on chains or will we break them? I pray we choose the (laughs) latter. The word of God for the people of God.